2: Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing
1: Company, Golden, Colorado.
2: This is the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helfen.
1: Hey, everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 2nd edition of the Rotorwire Fantasy Football Podcast. 40 years to the day since Bucky Dent's tremendous home run at Fenway Park for the Yankee fans. <laughs> we're sponsored by Fantasy Draft today. Uh, Jake is with me like every Tuesday. We're talking waivers, but before we talk waivers for week five, let's talk Broncos Chiefs from Monday. Uh, that broadcast was all about Patrick Mahomes. He didn't disappoint, I'll say that. The stats weren't video game stats, but he looked pretty darn good.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's no question at this point that he's a good player. You know, you can't really call him a sleeper anymore when he's the top scorer in all of fantasy. Uh, I don't want to call it a disappointing week by any means because he won, but right around 20 fantasy points is, uh, is is a season low for him, but that still puts him as the top fantasy scorer. But you're right about the broadcast, man. I, I thought maybe it would get a little better, but it's it's just not quite getting there for me.
1: No, they, they were just gushing about Mahomes a little too much. Like I guess I don't want to take away from Mahomes. I like him and I thought he played great. Um actually mm-hmm. I want to ask you this since you're a packer guy. I was watching I was on Twitter in the second half and Jamal Charles tweeted out that he just wrote he reminds me of Aaron Rodgers. And that's mm-hmm. what I thought. Now, not going overboard saying, you know, oh well, he's as good as Aaron Rodgers, but but the being able to create plays on the move and basically make any throw that you possibly, you know, that anyone could make. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of guys who can make every throw. You know, yeah, can I, I can throw see like where, that on the run. Can throw that accurately and with that exactly. kind of strength when they're moving. Yeah.
3: I can see where that comparison would be made because he's able to get out of pressure. I mean, he evaded Von Miller in that Denver uh, pass rush over and over again. Made some spectacular plays where he was kind of rolling out and threw receivers back to him, especially on the on the drive where they scored the go ahead touchdown. There were some second and long, third and long plays that I couldn't see being completed. Obviously, me being a Packer, I can't quite give him Rodgers' status yet. I don't. His accuracy is good but it's not elite. When you have Aaron Rodgers-led offenses, when they were the best offenses in the league going near 100%, yep. Rodgers was putting that ball with pinpoint accuracy on every single throw. So, yeah, may- maybe he's not quite you know at that point now, but he uh, not 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 to say that Mahomes can't get there, right. um, but it's just it's almost it feels like a lazy comp for me. Like, oh, this quarterback can okay. run a little bit and he's physical and he's got a good arm, so he's Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know if we can say that after I, four games. He's definitely good and he could very well be the fantasy MVP uh, given you know where he was drafted. But you know, Aaron Rodgers seems like a little bit of a lazy comp for well,
1: me. Well, I, I I I see the basically it, aesthetically, I see it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I, I I saw you just just the way the ball leaves his hand. I I see it. That's all. You know, it's funny. I Mm -hmm. started thinking about it. And you remember the throw, obviously you remember, the throw that Rodgers made in the playoff game at Dallas to Jared Cook on, what Mm -hmm. was it, third and 35?
3: Yeah, it was something ridiculous like that, just to even give him a chance at a field goal.
1: And, and, you know, he's rolling left, and he throws across his body and just throws a laser to Cooks. And I I remember at the Mm -hmm. time I started arguing with shocker Tom Brady fans on Twitter because I Mm -hmm. said, that's the best throw I've ever seen anybody make because nobody can make that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I looked last night. Like, like again, we're far from it. Mahomes being Aaron Rodgers, but when I watched Mahomes last night, he threw that one that he was rolling left across his body through the middle of the field, and you saw the zip he had on it. And I said, that he's he's one of the only other guys that can make that kind of throw that has mm-hmm. literally has the physical ability to do it. And yeah, it's one way to you know becoming that accurate. I agree, but. Yeah, it's it just it, I just thought the comp was interesting because aesthetically I see it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I can see how we could eventually get into that. I mean, I obviously put Rodgers on a little bit of a pedestal. I'm not going to just oh, uh, hand that out too easily. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I like where he's going. I love his his whole team context as far as the weapons and a little bit of a shaky defense. Uh, fantasy-wise, I love him, and, and I think he's going I mean, he might help the Chiefs get somewhere in the playoffs this year.
1: Yeah, that offense is going and, and the Browns sort of, I mean, you know – Mahomes 304 yards in the air, ran for a touchdown, threw for a touchdown, and and he was sort of held in check a bit. I mean, the Broncos did a decent job on them.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he really kind of came alive in the second half. That's when he did most of his damage. Uh, you know, of course, he got that rushing touchdown uh, earlier in the game, but yeah, but yeah, we just, it was definitely kind of a a second half deal where he turned it on when he needed to, and just the environment that you know at Mile High Stadium and the noise you could hear on the telecast. I, it was impressive for a, a young quarterback really starting what his fourth game here. To actually succeed like that, so that that gives a ton of optimism moving forward. Not a ton you can do from fantasy unless you try to trade for him and have to do a uh, pay a prime price for somebody like this. But uh, he's a good player. He's going to be fun to watch. Good for the NFL.
1: Absolutely. Um, and you said you talked about accuracy. Speaking of accuracy, let's go to the opposite end. Um, Case Keenum had Demaryius Thomas wide open on the. Oh my start. God just yeah. just running down the sideline no a mm-hmm. touchdown i mean a, yeah. a, a good throw is a touchdown and he just flat missed
3: it a, a average throw to a slightly poor throw is a touchdown but it was a horrible throw he, it was it, yeah the guy was wide open i would have loved those fantasy points from Demarius thomas i don't want to get too greedy cuz i i scored over 150 in stake league but you know when there's a stake bet on the line everything counts and i was a little <laughs> salty about that uh, Demarius thomas throw and yeah, I, this is a case where I thought, well, Demarius Thomas has succeeded with bad quarterbacks before. I don't know if he, I thought of Case Keenum as bad coming into the year, but mediocre at best. So I thought, I'll okay, give him mediocre. Maybe Thomas will, will have some numbers. And while he was targeted seven times, which is tied for the team lead, uh, four for 24 isn't going to cut it for a lot of people from a fantasy standpoint.
1: No. Um, so you have another comment in here I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake doesn't know. Jake, Jake makes my job easy on Tuesdays, by the way. He does a lot of the prep which is, I mean, it's, you know, the waiver wire stuff, it's just stuff. He just kills it working on all this stuff. Um, you have a note here that Kelsey's is asking if Kelsey is the clear cut number one fantasy tight end right now. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I mean, statistically, he uh, he's actually not right now, but that's okay. I think we agree that he's better. You'd take him over Jared Cook. But yeah. um, why not Ertz?
3: I could see Ertz, and there's an absolutely a, a wonderful case to be made for Ertz. I just think uh, Kelsey fi- is going to find the end zone a little bit more, and is going to continue to find the end zone. You're not going to see Ertz do that little, basically a run play that Kelsey scored on yeah. on last night, and uh, you know Kelsey's. Just got the bigger body a bigger target and I'm going to lean towards Kelsey I would rather have Kelsey the rest of the season though it gets a lot closer when you talk about PPR because Ertz's volume and his his amount of receptions is uh is stellar it's awesome for a PPR league and he might even surpass him but in but in standard formats you know maybe I got to specify that but or maybe I was just a little too high on him watching the game as he helped me win a couple of matchups (laughs) go three and one this week but uh but the way that Kelsey's can be used in the red zone and, and how reliable and consistent he is. I know he had a bad week one, but since then he's been an absolute stud in fantasy, and I don't see any reason that won't continue.
1: All right, folks, we're gonna get on to our uh waiver wire recommendations. Remember, these are the recommendations are generally based on 12 team standard format leagues. If we're talking about Fab, it's a hundred dollar budget. Uh percent ownerships uh we looked into on Monday night slash Tuesday morning, depending on uh, the player. And uh, so they could change a little bit. Not a lot of transactions made overnight. But um, what was I going to say there? So, yeah, Yahoo and, uh, and ESPN for, for many <laughs> of them. Okay, so buys for week five. Bears and Bucks. So, Bears, you mercifully get a week off from Jordan Howard because you must be frustrated if you own him. Uh, same with <laughs> Allen Robinson. Trey Burton had his breakout. Mitchell Trubisky. Oh, my heavens. Mitchell Trubisky had a breakout and, and maybe something to look at moving forward. But we'll talk about him in a minute. The Bucks. Those uh, high-performing receivers, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, going to take a week off for you. O.J. Howard hurt. We'll talk about that a little more. Uh, They might have an issue in their backfield, which we'll talk about. And they certainly have an issue with quarterback because uh, Dirk Cutter announced that Jameis Winston is going to start in week six. So let's let's start right there. First of all, last week we talked about uh, suggestions. Mayfield, who had a nice game. Rosen, who kind of didn't. Allen, who was horrendous, and that was my thing. Mm -hmm. C.J. Beathard, solid dependable. He didn't run as much as maybe we would normally hope, but he has, he's got some run game in him. He's a sort of a check down guy, but he had a nice outing.
3: Yeah, I, I don't buy the long-term sustainability of this, uh, only, if only for the reason that one, he's not throwing the ball downfield, and two, you're not going to get an 82-yard touchdown from your tight end <laughs> on most weeks. So, you know, not to call that a fluke by any means. I mean, you, you called this last week the Bethard-Kittle-Iowa connection, but this doesn't necessarily mean that I'm running to acquire C.J. Beathard. I don't, re- I don't really have any two quarterback leagues this year, so in my single quarterback leagues, he's still not really on my radar.
1: Okay. Let's talk Jameis. We talked last week about how I had Jameis stashed in a couple of leagues, and stashing a second quarterback is you know not always advisable, mm-hmm. depending on the structure of your roster. But now Jameis comes back. He's got the same offensive coordinator Fitz had, who everybody's been happy with. He's got the same receivers Fitz had, who everybody's been happy with. He's 12% owned on Yahoo, 8% ESPN, upcoming after the bye, at Atlanta, home for Cleveland, and at Cincinnati. I I, I, I am very bullish about Jameis right now.
3: Yeah, I, I like where he's heading, and he should. he's a quarterback as opposed to some of those other guys we discussed that I would be looking to acquire in, in your 12-team leagues. I think, uh, I mean, if Fitzpatrick had the perfect scenario with a defense giving up a ton of points and a bunch of good wide receiving weapons Jameis steps into that situation and and I and I think of Jameis of course as a more physically gifted athlete there is to me seems like a little bit more of an interception concern maybe it was just a week one he had to be super aggressive but he has been a little bit reckless with the ball at times throughout his career but I think now that the job is his to lose I don't see them suddenly You know, shifting gears on this. You know, Dirk Cutter's probably done some questionable things as a coach, but uh, this is one that, you know, he needs to figure out the trajectory of Jameis and and make sure they're ready to commit to him long term. So you might as well let him play out the rest of the season here. So, yeah, a little bit of an interception risk, but overall, I think he's going to have some big games, playing a lot of catch up, throwing to some stellar weapons and and guys that, you know, you got the Deshaun Jackson resurgence. We know what Mike Evans is. But guys like Chris Godwin are starting to break out. And and we'll talk about Ronald Jones a little bit later in the show. He got some usage. So they're starting to get it figured out a little bit. And I think Winston would be the clear-cut fantasy quarterback, even over a guy that threw six touchdowns last week in terms of guys you're picking up on the waiver wire. All
1: right. Next up, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, hard to argue with six touchdown passes. Uh,
3: yeah, we'll 50, stay in the game.
1: Yeah. 15% owned on Yahoo, 19% ESPN. There was a lot of hand wringing last week about, oh, no, this whole Bears plan, you know, the defense is better, but it's not going to work out because Trubisky's not progressing and the offense isn't good. And Eureka, they were. I mean, the Bucs tend to do that for people. Um, mm-hmm. But he played well. He ran, you know, he's got that running ability, which is always going to help. Um, By week coming. But what do you think? So. Obviously, he's not going to do what he did last week. But was the truth somewhere in the middle? Where was he going? Was he generally going to get better than he was in those first three weeks, or was week four just kind of a big fluke?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, he's definitely due to get better. There's there's no question about that. Last year in his rookie season, they didn't really, you know, give him a whole lot of freedom to do much. And maybe they're starting it a little bit slower and, and, and continuing to expand his role. But for everyone that's going to chase the six touchdowns, keep in mind that he threw two combined over the season's first three weeks against the Packers, Seahawks, and Cardinals. So, again, somewhere in between, you know, you're looking at a 15-20 point a game quarterback most weeks because again he's not going to be asked to do a whole lot the defense is going to put him in a good spot but we always talk about the rushing quarterbacks it was his best rushing performance of the season he's at least gotten, except for just last week, he's at least gotten a couple points added to his total from the rushing yards. So that certainly helps. The upcoming schedule for Trubisky, of course, he's got the bye this week. Both the quarterbacks we lead with, of course, are the two that are on a bye next (laughs) week. Um, But after the bye week, Trubisky's at Miami versus New England versus the Jets at Buffalo versus Detroit. So again, not a ton of like Stellar crazy defenses to watch out for you know we talk about the Patriots looking slow the Dolphins actually look pretty good defensively and then you know we got some younger teams in there but also just not like a a, just the best matchups in the world either so right there in the middle I he could be a plug-and-play guy if you're kind of playing around with you know your Dalton Manning Bortles types Um, but overall if you're looking to pick one quarterback up this week and both these guys have buys so it makes it easier for me I still lean Winston over Trubisky
1: okay Let's go to some non-buy quarterbacks. Um, you got Marcus Mariota as your first one. I'm not a what I like about Mariota. I'm not a big fan of Mariota as a passer. I, I think he's probably a middle of the pack kind of quarterback. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: the last two weeks, my complaint with him his first couple of years is that he didn't run enough. The last couple of weeks, he's starting to run, and that's a mm-hmm. huge factor here when you consider him. I mean, this week they've got they're at Buffalo. Um, I mean, you know, he, he threw a lot in this game, put up big numbers cause he had to, cause they were losing and he threw in overtime too, but I'm, I'm kind of enjoying the, the rushing for Marcus Mariota and yet it's making me consider him Yahoo 33% ownership.
3: Yeah. I mean, I had to put him on the list because y- you do have to consider him at only about a third owned. He's, uh, you know, he, he is in play for me again. He was not healthy over the course of the year and the, just the way he's built and the way he's he plays i don't know if he can stay healthy the rest of the year that's definitely a question mark with Mariota we want him to, as a fantasy owner it's a double edged sword we want him to run more but the more he runs the more he could take a couple big hits that ends up hurting him. But anyway, he looked back from this elbow injury. He uh, ended up putting up huge numbers against the defending Super Bowl champions, 344 yards, uh completed almost 70% of his passes, eight yards per attempt, uh, you know, four passes. I'm you know, I'm just reading the stat line, but this is just not characteristic of what we're seeing from Mariota throughout the year. If any if this can continue in any way, shape, or form, if 75% of this game can continue in any way, shape, or form, he's someone that is probably still owned in two quarterback leagues. No one really dropped him for. Blaine Gabbard seriously when they were kind of going back and forth. But there's going to be a chance when we start getting heavier bye weeks where uh, a lot in a lot of leagues where I have a quarterback I like, I don't necessarily get to I don't always roster a second quarterback. So in this case, you might look ahead one or two weeks if you have a roster spot get a backup like Winston or Mariota, try to time that out with your starters buys and, and, and see and see what happens. And I mean, Mariota, I think Corey Davis is on his way to a breakout year. It was a little bit of a slow start. He's getting the volume like 2016 Mike Evans and Corey Davis physically, I mean, I remember watching him play against the my Wisconsin Badgers in a bowl game in college thinking, man, this guy's going to be a freak in the NFL. He's going to need a little while to get it together and get the timing down. And if he's there, of course, Mariota's there. This is being his fourth year in the league. Very health dependent, but He's a serviceable quarterback.
1: All right. I'm going to name you three guys who are under 40% ownership. Derek Carr, 36. Blake Bortles, 33. Joe Flacco, 25. All on Yahoo. Anybody jump out at you there?
3: It, all three of those guys are guys that I look at the matchup in each given week and will make the decision there. I can't – I mean, as far as rest of the season, yeah, I mean – I don't know. I guess Carr's got to play a lot of keep ups, so so maybe I like him because on paper he's got good weapons. But none of those guys, I'm I'm picking up and rostering the rest of the season. It's always going to be a revolving door, especially my twelve teamers.
1: Okay, just so for context, everybody, for this week in the RotoWire projections, Derek Carr is QB sixteen, Bortles nineteen, Flacco twenty. So playable mm-hmm. on your in your QB two mm-hmm. range, depending on your league, anyway. So. Um, as far as drop can yeah fits we're done with fits we talked yeah. last week about it but we're officially done with fits he got mm-hmm. benched he's not started week six bye-bye see you later we're yes cut.
3: saw a lot of uh, huge fab bids on him but yeah, sorry guys that the utility was a bit limited there
1: all right we want to thank fantasy draft for sponsoring today's podcast experience players first that's hashtag players first fantasy draft <clears throat> for among dfs sites Fantasy Draft has a lower rake, which means more of your entry fees go toward the payout zone. It's player-friendly. They're higher-rated iOS app, and they have best-in-class customer support. Flexible lineup construction on Fantasy Draft. It's easier there to draft more of your favorite players than it is on other sites. And it's the best head-to-head in daily fantasy. You can play rake-free or for half the rake of the competition in Fantasy Draft's head-to-head contest. you want to play DFS, check it out now at Fantasy Draft or FantasyDraft.com. Okay, thanks a lot, Fantasy Draft. Let's go running backs last week. We talked about Buck and, you know, the Buck, Collins, share, whatever. I was wondering if Collins was going to go in the complete doghouse the other night when he fumbled at the goal line, and he did. Yeah.
3: I, th- I mean, Collins had the perfect opportunity to secure that job. I mean, the only reason Allen's getting that job, this is, you know, I'm pulling some of this from Mario's job battles piece. Excellent column on RotoWire wire by the way. But, I mean, the only reason Buck's getting the ball is because Collins is fumbling. And, you know, we saw that earlier. If, if, if Collins could have just scored a touchdown and not fumbled— Obviously, that changes the whole direction of the entire game. It would have been twenty-one to three at that point. Um, Baltimore, of course, still won, so not too costly in the end. But man, Collins had an awesome opportunity, and then he kind of he's going he's falling back a little bit. I I have him as an RB two in a keeper league. I, I wanted to get at least a little bit of exposure because I I think physically the job should be his. I mean, aren't the Ravens a team that could? be in play for a running back i, I mean they're obviously never going to trade with the steelers uh with within the division there but i if if they're not going to use collins i don't think allen's going to cut it it's it, the backfield's just kind of a mess i mean i think collins will be a serviceable rb two low end flex when you're on buys and are tough but i'm starting to look at other options in the league where i own him.
1: see i feel like every year the ravens say they want to run and they just don't mm-hmm. you know they just like yeah we're gonna chuck it it's fine <laughs>
3: Yeah, with an elite quarterback like Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah well.
1: Um, so, first guy up here, uh, Naheem Hines, 15% Yahoo and ESPN. Marlon Mack can't seem to stay healthy, limited in Monday's practice. We've got mm-hmm. a Thursday game coming. And we, Tim and I talked about this on Monday that you look at these guys, and you, Robert Turbin is supposed to come back this week from a suspension for the Colts. So, maybe that factors in here. However, I'm starting to like Heinz. Now, Heinz is not a the kind of guy who's going to get a lead role, right? He's not going to become a 16 carry, five-catch guy. He's just too little. But that's okay, because we got bye weeks coming. So you don't, you know, you, you don't need superstars. And if this team just basically figures out here, and like we've all figured out, they can't run the ball. They're just bad at it. Well, then Heinz kind of becomes a factor right he you just say well it 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 makes sense that they use him more and throw out of the backfield and you know he's had one low game but he was what five seven and nine catches in the other three and he's pretty heavily involved in this offense Mm
3: -hmm. yeah i mean outside of the washington game for the colts the colts really haven't played much of any defense all year long and playing from behind he certainly helps a guy like Hines, his value absolutely tilts more towards your PPR formats uh, because when you get the right game flow for him, he had nine targets in Week One and he had eleven targets last week. Now he only had ten rushing yards last week, getting basically all of his points as a wide receiver. So of course, leans towards PPR. Um, you know, Jordan Wilkins might have a role, but I mean, Hines sixty-two snaps last week, even though he only carried the ball four times. Again, a lot of game flow involved in that, but he is borderline near the top of my list. I really struggled with the, with this one this week, at least in PPR leagues. He definitely gets a knockdown in, in, in standard leagues, but uh, I, didn't, I hadn't considered the Robert Tur- Turban return. Um, but again, this week against New England, it is. Yeah, it's, it's at New England. When we saw them on national TV, the big concern with them is speed, and Hines is a guy that's going to get to the outside. So I think there's potential for a good game there if, as I presume, Mac is unable to make a huge impact and return.
1: Right. So that that Washington game, they controlled the game against Washington pretty much. But other than those games, I mean, Hines, so four weeks, 12 touches, five touches, 10 touches, 13 touches, and 22 receptions already. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not, I I can't argue with this at all.
3: He's going to get more receptions than he does carries, but again, for your PPR leagues, that's fine.
1: Totally fine. All right. Uh, Next up. So we got to consider the guys on the Jags. I mean, TJ Yeldon is about 50% ownership. 51 Yahoo, 47 ESPN. Uh, Corey Grant is 2% on each site. Because Leonard, Leonard Fournette, uh, they're playing at Kansas City this week, which is a nice spot. And Leonard Fournette, I don't know. It, it's I, I have a hard time right now. We're doing this Tuesday, 1130 Eastern. I have a hard time thinking we're going to see Leonard Fournette this week.
3: Oh, yeah. I would not. I mean, I don't want to say, obviously, don't not much of a doctor, but I don't want to say he's going to be out to the bye. But you think they're going to the bye is week nine. You think they're going to you know they're not going to rush him back. They saw what happens. They brought him back and he got hurt again. So why not wait up and let this one heal? Um, you know, I saw Liz had a joke on on Twitter the other night, like, "Oh, the Steelers they're gonna they're gonna. Le'Veon Bell's coming back week seven. Okay, cool. So like uh, you know week seven eight, I'll finally have Bell and Fournette back." That was the joke, <laughs> and, and um, I mean, I'm concerned about Fournette. And this is one of the... Sometimes you get lucky in fantasy football. And man, did I love Fournette at, at the beginning of the year. But it just happened to be a situation where the way I drafted, the way the auction fell, he was kept by other people in some of my keeper leagues. I didn't get him. And I was really upset about that. And so far, it's it's been me lucky now. So this is one of those good situations. But uh, this means TJ Eldon's suddenly into play. And I know he's right borderline on our threshold. But uh, I put him as the number one back. He goes at Kansas City, at Dallas, which... Could be tougher if they get Sean Lee back than Houston, Philadelphia uh, for the buy here for TJ Eldon. He's an RB2 that gets tossed in your lineup almost as a lock in anything 12-team and beyond.
1: Yeah, he's so solid because he catches the ball. So he's going to be on the field a lot, mm-hmm. uh, which helps. Uh, Nick Chubb. So all right, so Nick Chubb looked terrific on Sunday on th- yes. three carries. <laughs>
3: now, no doubt I, about it.
1: I think Tim and I talked about this too. As good as Chubb looks, and you look at Chubb and you say, well, if he can do that, obviously he should be on the field more. Fair enough, I have a hard time believing that he 's going to jack he get jacked up to twelve carries right now because of the way he ran those three because they still like Hyde and, and Hyde runs for you know nice tough solid yards he's a pretty good back i I think Chubb if, if you 're in a stash situation, I like Chubb. i 'm not you know you, we need to see a lot more before we can play him anywhere
3: yeah yeah i'm i'm with you there. I, I put Chubb in there and I, and I t- made sure to type the words stash in this situation but Man, when he does something like this, it's really tough to not give him the ball. And we run into this with coaches all the time. You know, I'll just I'll go back to my Green Bay example. You know, we got Aaron Jones looking like clearly the best running back mm-hmm. out of anybody they have yet. McCarthy seems dead on some even split timeshare. Won't really let him out of his cage yet. Uh, that could be a similar thing here. I mean, who knows? Maybe if something happens. I mean, Carlos Hyde's had a lot of a lot of tread on his tires over the years. Duke Johnson's really a third down back in Cleveland. So it's possible. I wanted to throw Nick Chubb on the list of, uh, you know, watching him at Georgia. He's a tremendous athlete. The breakaway speed on those long runs, yeah. that's something that uh, surprised me a little bit for someone. I mean, 5'11", 227, not a massive dude, but I mean, the breakaway speed was very impressive as well, which could, you know, if you're in those big play bonus leagues, that could have some something in play. I mean, the guy is familiar with finding the end zone. He's, he's a good running back. Uh, again, I'm not saying you pick him up and put him in your lineup in week five, because that's going to be tough to justify. But he's a good stash candidate the rest of the season. I mean, of course, he's obviously owner in every keeper league.
1: All right, one other guy. Actually, two other guys to mention. First, Mike Davis. We have to mention Mike Davis because he had a solid game with Chris Carson. Now, it's funny that Chris Carson out, and that was sort of a late. It was uncertain through, through the day on Sunday. He's out. And the Rashad Penny owners had to go, yeah, and then no, not yet.
3: Yeah, I think they just want to. Uh, they want to limit Penny's uses to not give him too much too soon. Um, but without a doubt, I'd still rather have Penny over Davis the rest of the season. I mean, Davis had a huge game, and trust me, everyone's going to want to chase him now. Just just do yourself a favor and, and don't, because he's not he's not, he's not suddenly going to become an elite running back after all these elite years. And we have Chris Carson coming back, who Pete Carroll just just, just is in love with. Um, so again, if you're looking through box scores thinking, man, I got to bid 30% of my fab money on, on Mike Davis, just just do yourself a favor and, and don't do it.
1: All right, so but let's talk about Penny. So he actually had some role. He ran nine times for 49 yards, which is pretty darn, pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. But I, I've kind of been in the opinion when when I saw the way this game shook out, Carson out, and that meant Mike Davis got more of the carries. I said, i'm I'm done with Penny. Forget it. But should I be?
3: No, I, I just think it's a, a question of wanting to manage the rookies workload over a sixteen game season. I, I think it's as simple as that. Like, if Carson were we we saw Carson get you know thirty carries the week before, um, and now and and Penny kind of had a role in the in there, oh, and not much of a role three carries for five yards the week before against Dallas, uh, but they don't want to give him too much too soon. They don't want to suddenly make him the lead back and then jeopardize his availability for middle or later in the season. I think it's kind of an introduction thing. Uh, I, a lot of us thought here at headquarters that Penny would be overtaking Carson eventually. There's still a chance that happens in the back half of the season. We'll kind of see how it goes. But I don't know if I put Penny in cut territory just yet. I think I wouldn't be surprised if over the next, let's say, four weeks, Penny outperforms Chubb because, I don't know, Penny and Chubb have some uh, similar usage patterns here we're seeing. Uh, still Chubb's the guy because of what I've seen from him long-term is the person I'd rather own. But I have a real tough time cutting Penny in a 10-team league. I think you could probably do it to grab one of the other top three guys that we're talking about. But I'm not completely jumping ship on him yet.
1: All right, last one. Uh, Latavius Murray, 41% owned on Yahoo. Any interest ba- it based on the fact that Dalvin Cook's status is pretty shaky for week five? Uh,
3: it's it's fleeting interest. I, you know, I've I've looked at him. He's owned in a lot of my leagues uh i just think the upside that he brings isn't all that great for me
1: okay um rank your top three
3: my top three i mean i gotta go yeldon because even if it's only i presume that it's two to three weeks of good utility you're gonna get out of him and that's a more guaranteed time than just about anybody else on that on this list and if the hamstring injury does continue to flare up for Fournette or if they just decide okay we're gonna sit him a few weeks Yeldon's the man. He's he's your RB two. But after that, I'm gonna go Hines, followed by Nick Chubb is the stash that I like.
1: Yeah, stash is a great word for that. All right, um, one two guys, other guys we want to talk about. Wendell Smallwood, the guy's not great, but I mean, two in week three he got a touchdown, and he ran ten for fifty six and caught a few passes. Thing is, all those Eagles backs are banged up. This is another stash possibility. Mm-hmm. That it's a it's a team with a pretty good offense, and Smallwood could you can clearly see a path to him being the last man standing at some point.
3: Yeah, I, uh, th- that's essentially what you're banking on. So I think the only place I'm going to bid on him is probably my 16-teamer, but Jay has kind of got that. He doesn't have the official injury tag right now, but you know that he's got that back issue that he might not be in the clear with for the rest of the season. And then, of course, Sproles and Clement both have Clement's a quad. He was kind of a little bit of a surprise inactive, and Sproles has got that hamstring injury, and you know he's very old in running back years. So that leaves Smallwood, yeah, by default.
2: Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer credit card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn 4 times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cash back or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC.
1: All right. Um, the other one. Ronald Jones got, I mean, that was a blowout, but he got some work, and he was, a, he was sort of, it was an interesting fact that he was actually active, Mm-hmm. And then he played some, but they were you know down by a cajillion points pretty quickly.
3: Yeah, this is this is like a super stashed candidate. If someone in your fourteen or sixteen teamer dropped him early in the league, I'd be making a bid because I think that okay, the Bucks are what two and two right now. That's going to come back down to earth, and this isn't a playoff team. Yeah, this is. Definitely not a playoff team. I've thought this since the beginning of the year. So over those last handful of fantasy playoff weeks, I think he'll start to get some more work. Now, can I say in week four, week five, that he's someone you can start in the fantasy playoffs? We're far from it. We have a long way to get here. But the the ceilings there. I mean, you got a, a young back that's plenty capable, almost scored 20 touchdowns his final year in college good PPR option and then you look at the options ahead of him on the depth chart Peyton Barber Quiz Rogers it doesn't do the bucks a whole lot of good to run those guys into the ground late in the season you might as well what we see what you got out of the 21 year old out of USC so so go for it it's a little bit of a flyer and he's someone you might cut again when you make tough roster decisions down the road but I, I think he's a viable pickup
1: all right um people you can drop uh Freeman Freeman's back this week which looks like he is Ito Smith has outlived his usefulness for you uh, you got Kenyon Drake here as a possibility
3: in a ten teamer. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong; I'm not cutting him in my twelve team or or on because I know Kenyon Drake is a better in better physical state right now and a better running back than Frank or But Frank or just continues to outcarry him, and I can't understand exactly why that is. um right. I'm having a tough time with that. So that makes – I mean, Drake's in fantasy purgatory. You really want to drop him. You obviously can't trade him for anything at this point, and you definitely can't trust him to start him in your lineup even in bye weeks. So he's one of those tough spots.
1: Yeah, he really is. He does have the Detroit, the very friendly Detroit Lions, but that's not to week seven. So that doesn't help anybody. All right. Wide receivers last week. I mean, Ridley and Boyd, you can't get them anymore. Nope. Uh, Callaway – Higgins is kind of making things interesting. It looked like Callaway was going to be sort of an obvious ad, but Higgins Mm -hmm. has kind of worked himself into the mix enough where he's kind of annoying.
3: Yeah, I mean, I have Callaway in a couple leagues. I'm certainly not giving up hope yet. I know that... Uh, Callaway is more athletically gifted yep. than Higgins. It's it's very you know that's not even a question for me. uh And the better quarterback is going to improve his status. So I, I like Callaway long term. Hopefully, I'm not falling into like the Josh Jackson trap I fell into all all of last year. <laughs> but I, but I still like Callaway, and I'm going to probably mention him a few more times the rest of the season.
1: All right, and Christian Kirk, who we had with the you know get promoted with the young quarterback thing, four for twenty eight, not a huge day, but um there's mm-hmm. there's a glimmer of hope there for Christian Kirk for me. Um, so. Kiki QT for Houston had a huge day. However, he Will Fuller got hurt,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he came out sometime in the second quarter, I believe. Right? So yes, QT fifteen targets, eleven for one hundred and nine nine. I believe it, it's. I was looking at the play by play. Either nine or ten of the targets came in the second half. With that said, he was getting used in the first half before Fuller got hurt. Mm-hmm. So there's something here, but do you want to? go after the third receiver
3: on the Texans. Yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily a number 1 waiver claim c- scenario, but this week it feels like we have decent running backs and kind of are hard pressed for receivers. Last week we had awesome receivers and nothing for running backs. It's 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 like a wave definitely fluctuating. But Kute out of all the guys that we're talking about today, again, not a very deep menu, um he was a season debut, so he came from, you know, basically inactive to suddenly playing 93% of the snaps, and that's a huge, huge number. Um, I, I think that there is utility here. Uh, Fuller has been hurt on and off before, so he's someone that you know will immediately be ready to step in should Fuller get hurt, but I, I don't think his situation was that serious. Bill O'Brien said after the game um, that Fuller may, probably could have re-entered the game, so he'll be someone to watch the practice time this week and if for whatever reason he's one of those surprise inactives or is really limited in practice then maybe you can trot try out there um but he definitely needs to be mentioned i mean he's got yep. elite athleticism four four three forty fourth round pick out of a So not not a ton of pedigree but he's crazy fast and it's, i don't know someone that deshaun watson might be able to scramble around and find downfield at times all
1: right so uh let's move on to the colts they play thursday night sounds like ty hilton's not going to be ready Where do you go? They got to throw somewhere, and this was this was the argument or or the discussion in the preseason. You know, besides Hilton and the tight ends, they got to go throw somewhere. Where's it going to be?
3: Yeah, so it was a very strange target distribution on Sunday. Andrew Luck threw the ball 62 times, so there are plenty of targets to go around. My pick out of that whole bunch is Ryan Grant, just because he's he's held role before he's good at you know someone that they can use to move the chains i'll buy his skills experience over the rest of the guys though he did just get seven targets but i'm not rushing to pick up chester rogers who had 11 targets i'm not rushing to pick up zach pascal who had 10 targets and a touchdown somehow i think ryan grant is the is the option here um now rogers played 80 of the snaps grant played only 79 yeah. pascal 49 i had to check that out this morning um but still, I think Grant's going to be the guy for me in the absence of T.Y. Hilton, just a little bit more reliable. And uh, he's got more of the I've done it before factor, I guess. You know, he, he was a factor in some games in Washington as well. So he might actually creep up to being the number one receiver this week just because of opportunity. But this is going to be a fluctuating situation because all these receivers we're talking about are directly dependent on the injuries of other players.
1: Yep. Okay. Um, the, Ryan Grant, very low-owned, as is Willie Sneed on Baltimore. Willie Sneed, I think Tim and I talked about him, that he's a he's a PPR possibility just because, I mean, you know, he's got 18 catchers in four games, which is fine. It's decent. I mean, he's not doing it for big yards, but nope. he's not bad. Like I said, they, they don't, you know, you, you think of the Ravens, you think of the defense, you think they're going to run the ball a lot, and they kind of don't, but – uh Snead is, I mean, he's, he's kind of a boring, low-ceiling yes if I have yeah. to in a bye week kind of guy, right?
3: Yeah, I had to toss him in there. I look at the game log, five or more targets every week. That's a serviceable enough floor to be somewhat relevant in PPR leagues. So he made the list, but, yep. you know, again, because it's a pretty shallow list this
1: week. Um, Taylor Gabriel, the Bears are getting him involved, man. He's sort of like a, with, with Nagy coming from Kansas City, he's sort of like a poor man's Tyree kill. <laughs> like they're throwing the ball in a way, the wide scrimmage buy and letting him yeah. go.
3: He's a very he's a very kind of small, undersized for a receiver, kind of a slot guy. He did it in Cleveland for a couple of years with little to no quarterback help whatsoever. So, uh, in this situation, you know, if, if we're buying the Trubisky progression and and we like the offensive scheme, I think it's going to suit him. He scored twice this past week. Um, you know, huge game, twenty nine targets in four games. He's he's in the mix. I guess I would actually I know I put Snead on the list first, but I think that's just because of the way the names either the way the names popped in. My- yep. I had of the way I was sifting through the, the games, but I, I would put Gabriel ahead of someone like Snead because there is the possibility for this game because we've seen it.
1: Yep. 29 targets, four games. No joke there. Um, two other guys we got to talk about. Taewon Taylor on the Titans. I mean, part of this depends on how much you like Mariota, I would suspect, but Taylor mm-hmm. last two weeks, four for 30 and seven for 77. Now Rashard Matthews out of the way there, which makes it a little more interesting. I think for Taewon mm-hmm. Taylor, he's sort of, he, he seems to be emerging. Last year, I think he was sort of a, a trendy guy, rookie, and things didn't pan out. And now maybe they are. He's uh, yeah. 3% owned on Yahoo. How intrigued are you?
3: I'm actually pretty intrigued. I mean, this the Rashard Matthews news came out after um, after our show last week. And I obviously, Corey Davis is going to be a target machine there. And if we saw anything last week and we're buying the Corey Davis hype, he's going to warrant a ton of double coverage. So that means Taiwan Taylor, Tajay Sharp are going to have their weeks. I like Tywan Taylor as a PPR guy. He's, he's done enough to give him in a, in a pretty shallow week for wide receivers. I give him the number three pickup option this week.
1: Number three? That's not bad. hmm i take that. All right. The last guy I want to mention is, and here's a name that I wasn't sure I was going to mention again this year, is Martavis Bryant. Mm. So he played... 43% of the snaps. So he's clearly not, you know, in the mix like Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson are. Mm-hmm. He caught, let's see, what was he three for 57? Three for 57 on seven targets. They need a deep threat. Anything? I mean, am I, am I wishing for Martavis Bryant to, to finally make it happen here?
3: John, this would be a big-time different conversation if that long touchdown pass wouldn't have fallen right through his hands. Yeah. You know, then he has four for 100 and a touchdown, and again, we're having a much different conversation. I've always been a, a guy that's bought Brian's skills. I've been one that's reached for him early in drafts over not, not maybe maybe not this year, but over the last couple of years, only to see him get suspended. He's someone that, sure, you can pick up, but you could very well find yourself cutting him a, a week or, or two afterwards. I, I definitely think he's the fourth. Pass catching option, you know, you got Cooper, Cook suddenly emerges a top tight end. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Jordy Nelson and and, and Brian, I guess, are 3A and 3B probably. I don't have a ton of love for Brian. I'm not putting any bids on him necessarily because if I'm Derek Carr, I'm having a hard time trusting him after he dropped, you know, that clear easy touchdown in a pretty close game.
1: All right. Um, One thing I want to ask you about your Packers. So Cobb, that's hamstring, kept him out on Sunday. Allison's in the concussion protocol. If things go bad for those two, who else is Rodgers going to throw to?
3: Next up on the list is a guy with a ton of speed who had a couple excellent catches in the preseason. That's Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, I think he had 135 yard catch against the Bills, but again, towards the end of that game, they didn't necessarily have to throw a ton. The offense was a little bit, yeah, I don't know, a little slow, not what you normally expect out of a Rodgers offense there, but. I think Cobble maybe be back soon. It was He was kind of a surprise inactive on Sunday. We didn't really yep. expect him to, to be inactive. He popped up on the injury report later in the week. He'll be someone that's worth watching the practice participation. Allison, to my knowledge, and no, this is just off the top of my head, I didn't research it specifically, but I can't remember any concussion issues for him in the past. So there's a chance he could be ready to go. But with anyway, with both of those guys a little bit shaky, I, I need to mention the name Marquez Valdez-Scantling because he's someone that might not even be owned in your 20-team leagues. So, you know, maybe pick him up and see if you can get. He's one of those guys that, you know, might only get three or four targets in a game, but there's a chance that one of those is a big play from Rodgers. All
1: right. Um, Who's your top three?
3: Top three, I got to go Grant number one for the short week without T.Y. Hilton. I trust him a little bit more than those other indie guys. Grant's one. I go Coute two because of the injury history and Taiwan Taylor number three.
1: All right. Um, One question about drops. I asked Tim this yesterday. What's your threshold for dropping Chris Hogan at this point? no production, Edelman back, Gordon emerging. What, what, what do you look at? What do you, if you own Chris Hogan, what are you doing? I
3: mean, a 10-teamer, you could probably let him go, I think. If you're in a 12-teamer that has no PPR whatsoever, I don't really see the upside there. I think Philip Dorsett's doing what Chris Hogan, what everyone thought Chris Hogan would do, and I'm, I'm excited to get Edelman back in a couple leagues of mine. He's going, to be, he's going to be a factor. And if Hogan wasn't a factor yet, he's probably not going to be now that they have Gordon and Julian Edelman. All
1: right. Tight ends next. Um, let's talk. Last week, we talked about Dallas Goddard, uh, Rhett Ellison, not much going on there. Vance McDonald, mm-hmm. nice, another nice game. Only five targets, but five for 62 for the Steelers. Again, this seems to be, he's the guy. Ben throws enough to his tight ends to make him worthwhile. We were hoping this would happen with McDonald last year. It seems to be happening now.
3: Yep, I think he would be the number one pickup if he's available in your league and you're in need of a tight end in what's really been a very dire year for tight ends. All
1: right. Uh, next up, Cameron Bray. So, if O.J. Howard is out for an extended period of time, they've got the bye this week for the Bucs. Uh, his knee injury is going to keep him out a few weeks, it looks like. Uh, Jameis likes Cameron Bray. Cameron Bray's 24% owned on Yahoo. After the bye, kind of, is this a no-brainer?
3: Yeah, I think you could argue... I mean, if you can afford to you know take a loss at your tight end position for one more week i would arguably say i know you, you've been on him all year john so hopefully uh, some of our listeners have picked him up already but I, I think breit would possibly be higher than mcdonald on the pickup list again you have to stomach a buy this week so that that makes things a little bit tougher a little bit narrower but without oj howard who's been surprisingly good two to four weeks with an mcl sprain uh breit absolutely has uh, some big time potential for production
1: all right, next up in Cincinnati, Tyler Eifert done for the year. What, what are we going to do there? Because there's not just one guy to step up, is there?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the two guys that are there are C.J. Uzoma and Tyler Croft. Uh, I know Uzoma, I believe, caught the touchdown on Sunday, or, or I, I guess i got to confirm that. But uh, he's more of the blocker. Uh, remember Tyler Croft? Remember yeah. him from last year when Rutgers, he had seven Tyler touchdowns? Tyler
1: Croft's a Rutgers guy. Of course I remember Tyler Croft.
3: Exactly, yeah. He had seven touchdowns last year, which, again, the way tight ends go in this year, uh, if you get seven touchdowns out of your starting tight end throughout the year that's that, i mean that makes him a starting tight end and you can't necessarily be too disappointed out of that uh both both are big guys 6'6 250 plus uzoma even a little bit bigger which is like you know typically the pass blocking guy because uzoma uzoma's been on the field for a bunch of snaps but he hasn't gotten a bunch of targets so that's pretty much how i make that uh assertion there uh because he's out there to block croft is the guy that's going to catch the eifert touchdowns maybe get the eifert targets but i guess it's also possible that more of those even more of those go to aj green as was the case when the yeah. game was on the line Sunday.
1: And Tyler, he can throw every down to Tyler Boyd again too. Um, otherwise, let's see. I mean, Antonio Gates, I'm not going back there. No way. Yeah. So, so you've got – you lost Howard mm-hmm. on a team. You've got a 16-teamer here. So you lost Howard. You also lost Will Disley, who's out for the year, Torah patellar tendon
3: Jeez, He was a free pickup. I know we didn't recommend him, but in a 16-teamer, you got to get desperate sometimes.
1: What's your deep dart throw? I have one for you. What you got one? Jeff Hierman from the Broncos. First game with Jake Butt out. He went four for 57 on seven targets last night.
3: Yeah, he, he honestly wasn't on my radar until I watched that Monday night football game. He was their leading receiver. And maybe it's just because there wasn't any film on him. Uh, but I'll definitely put a bid. On Hireman, I think I'm going to put a slightly larger bid on Croft, the more that I've thought about this. As far as, I mean, my available options, I've, i listed them all out here. Mark Andrews, I mean, that Baltimore tight end situation is just a carousel every single week. Uh, Jeff Swaim from the Cowboys, eh. Antonio Gates, you know, old, he got five targets, but <laughs> his one touchdown was just wide open red allison blocker max williams part of that baltimore carousel um all those options i just was looking at who was available in the 16 team i don't know if every six everyone's rostering two or three tight ends or what the deal is um but anyway i think croft is gonna be my number one bid but hoyerman's getting bids from me all
1: right and and vance mcdonald to go back to him he's 44 percent owned so he's not at the that's why he's not at the top of your list because that breaks our yeah. threshold but oh yeah definitely if I mean, you if get him, yeah
3: if he was available in that league i'd put $31 on him just to make sure I got a tight end to start all
1: right uh streaming defenses So i'm looking at your notes And I don't like I agree with you that I don't like to stream road defenses, but uh, Are we just gonna attack josh allen and his teammates as much as we can?
3: I think we have to I mean they made the packers defense look elite at lambeau field on sunday uh, I believe it was six sacks. I mean, josh allen just took a beating. That's exactly why they wanted to start Peterman because they didn't want Allen to take that type of beating exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'll still pick on the Bills. I have a tough time streaming road defenses because things can get a little bit, you know, I, I don't know. They can get out of hand when you're on the road sometimes. But the over-under on that game is only 39 points, so I'll yep. trust Vegas. I'll trust the money. I'll stream the Titans this week.
1: And the Titans are 20% owned on Yahoo. Um, the My hometown, Carolina Panthers, is 42% owned.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They are, you know, they're they, the Eli's had a tough time. I mean, they've got some good players there. They've got some good skill players, two really good skill players, plus Shepherd. But Eli's been horrendous.
3: Yeah, in my leagues where I've been streaming, I think I'm going to try to take a crack at Carolina. They're coming off that bye, and I think that's the reason that they fell below our ownership threshold because a lot of people saw okay, kind of average over the first couple weeks, and you know they're going to be a streaming option. So they're under fifty percent. We mentioned them again. Eli's offensive line cannot keep him upright. That leads to sacks. That leads to interceptions. That leads to a whole plethora of problems. So the Panthers, you know, they they I would probably prefer them. Over the Titans this week as a streamer, I just don't know that they're going to— I mean, the Titans are going to be available just about everywhere, and the Panthers might not be.
1: All right, and Eli's, Eli has only thrown one interception so far. It's probably because he's trying to throw the ball as fast as he possibly can to avoid getting hit. So <laughs> um, must be it. Yeah, so you've got—you want to talk about one more option yeah. here. Don't you got to so? give me
3: like 30 seconds to talk sure. about the home team once again. Uh, okay, so the Packers— historically over the last few years you know you've had the dom capers their defense is just thought of as bad and aaron Rodgers has had to play catch up all these weeks i know the packers had the bills this week and i don't want to overreact to it um but i think they can actually be a good defense under mike pettin um you know you can make fun of pettin during his time with the browns but he's a defensive guy and i think he's already making a positive impact on them. now kevin king's been hurt and Kevin King's a name that, you know, if you're not as tuned into the Packers as I am, it's a name that people might not know because he's been banged up over his first couple years in the league. He blanketed Stefan Diggs in the first half. And then as soon as he went out of that Vikings game, Stefan Diggs started tearing things up. Kevin King's an excellent cover corner. He's dealing with a groin injury. When he gets healthy, he'll be good. I also thought they made a nice signing by getting Brashad Breland on the cheap. Yeah. Um, he was inactive this week, but he's going to contribute and provide depth in that secondary. So the, the secondary has been what what's a little bit of a concern, and they've addressed that. When King gets back, it's going to get better. Um, basically, what I'm saying is what you can take from this is if you pick them up to stream against the Bills last week, they're not necessarily a guaranteed drop. Now, they head to Detroit this week. The total on that game is 50 and a half last time I looked. Stafford can be good at home. Stafford can also be inconsistent. So if none of those other streaming options are available, or you can afford or you're forced for, for whatever reason to keep two defenses, I don't necessarily know for sure that the Packers are guaranteed tossing back into the pool.
1: All right. One team I want to mention is the Jets. Um, they are 19% owned on Yahoo. They are a home for Case Keenum, who has, allowed, who, has given, who has thrown six interceptions. The Jets have 10 sacks so far, which is not bad. So mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they, they're playable. Gets a
3: young defense with uh, you know, some playmakers on there that are looking to make a name for themselves. The total on that game is only 43. Uh, it's a home team. That fits, you know, checks a lot of my boxes for a defense stream. So there we go. All
1: right. Um one more thing you mentioned in your notes, uh the Texans are 75% owned. But they're bad. I mean, we we got to get the the Watt clowny thing out of our head thinking that they're good at
3: mm-hmm. this point. Yeah, they've got, you know, just amazing playmakers. No doubt about that, you know, but they're giving up so many points and in leagues where you start to lose points after you give up 28 35 points it's really starting it's really starting to cost you so um i don't know if i quite i don't know for me i think i'm considering pushing them into stream territory my 12 teamers dropping them with tough matchups and picking up other guys
1: all right that's it for today jake what else you got going on
3: Man, guys, it seems like it's gone under the radar, but Conor McGregor is fighting Habib Nurmagomedov on Saturday. So. Uh- You know, our MMA crew's staying busy. I'm going to do a podcast with John. Tomorrow night, our Fight IQ guys are going to do their live chat on Friday, so we'll have a ton of content coming your way. Um, Also, check out our Discord channel. I don't know if we brought that up on the show at all, but uh, we've got a Roto-Wire subscribers. Uh, You know, we used to have it on Slack, but the community actually got too big, which is a good thing, so we moved it on over to Discord. That's another cool thing where, uh, you know, subscribers can talk strategy with one another for MMA, whether it's for... DFS NFL for season-long NFL, awesome boards there if you're uh, if you're doing any kind of baseball playoff situation. Hockey and NBA are just starting, but Discord's been a really great thing. We're going to start adding a bunch of bells and whistles, a cool bunch of cool subscriber-only things. So just another benefit, uh, you know, having access to that community is being another benefit of a Rotowire subscriber. So there's a lot going on there. Definitely check it out on the site, rotowire.com slash chat is all you got to do to sign up.
1: Or you can go to rotowire.com slash pod so you can get a free 10-day trial. So you can check it out that way. So no credit card needed for that. That lets you check out almost all the features on the site. Take a look, rotowire.com slash pod. Folks, if you like the podcast, please leave us a review and a rating wherever you get a chance. Jake, thanks, bud. We'll do it again next week.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we made you guys smarter this week. And it's I always say it's the most important you'll listen to each week. And with bye weeks right around the corner, that's only holding truer and truer.
1: All right, everybody, if you need us on Twitter, I'm at jhoppin37. He is at jakeski 52 um, you can also tweet us at RotoWire or at RotoWire NFL. Uh, thanks for listening to this edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Everybody, F- sponsored by Fantasy Draft. We will be back on Thursday. DVR and I will preview Week Five game by game. So please come on back then. For Jake Litarski, I'm John Halpin. See you next time.
2: Hey, Ohio, have you heard the buzz? Slinger's Signature Cocktails are the new go-to to to go. Slinger's are convenient, canned, cocktail-inspired flavored beverages that bring you delicious flavors like Bahama Mama, Peach Screwdriver, and Pineapple Punch with 8% ABV. They pack a punch at a price you can't beat. No time to make fancy cocktails? Don't want to break the bank on a night out? Slingers has you covered. Blast your taste buds, not your wallet. Grab Slingers today. American Fermentation Company, Boston, Massachusetts. Please drink responsibly.